Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to the second mini episode of Birds All Day. Uh, my name is Drew Fairservice here alone without old reliable Mr. Andrew Stoughton. Uh, we're going to, as we said, we're going to do these mini episodes on Sundays uh, for the rest of the year here as uh, things get hot and heavy. And when we agreed to do this, I didn't think I'd be here on a Sunday evening night talking about a weekend after which uh, Marco Estrada got seven outs or a weekend after which Aaron Sanchez uh, got 11 outs as starting pitchers in what was heavily dubbed as the biggest series of the season because to date it was the biggest series of the season and it didn't go uh, all so well. And that the Blue Jays are, are now losers of two of three to the Boston Red Sox. The Blue Jays, by only losing, by losing two of three, they lose one game in the standings. But now the Blue Jays are two back of the Red Sox and tied with the Baltimore Orioles in what is now the wild card chase. Uh, although I think that we can all agree that the division... Is still very much within grasp, provided that the Blue Jays stop uh, playing so goddamn terribly. Uh, because that's exactly what happened this weekend. They played, they played really bad. Uh, Estrada wasn't right. There's some talk about his back stretching and moaning. Uh, fact of the matter, he was bad. In in that the Red Sox uh, lit him up, and they lit up pretty much anyone else who came. Out of the Blue Jays' bullpen in left field, uh, obviously they scored 13 runs. That's bad. And then today, Sunday, Aaron Sanchez uh, set his, I believe, set the season or uh, season high for walks. I think he walked five. Again, he only got 11 outs. So we're talking about a blister, uh, which is horrifying. Rich Hill, who Saturday night left a perfect game after 90 pitches, literally had a perfect game because he missed a month with. A blister, and there was uh, some talk of heat in his finger. A blister you don't want. You know, I'll take a bad outing today if it means that Aaron Sanchez is able to pitch the rest of the season uh, because he doesn't have a blister on his finger. Because if he has a blister and he's out, that's trouble. But I don't know. There's there, there. In some ways, there's a lot to talk about after this weekend, and a lot of ways. In other ways, there's not a lot to talk about this weekend uh, because. It was just kind of deflating. Uh, the, the game today was a wild one, kind of uh, like one of the games in the Yankee series last week where it was back and forth. Seesaw battle. Blue Jays go ahead, obviously, short to Lutsky Grand Slam, and then ultimately they give it back via David Ortiz, three-run home run off, uh, off Joaquin Benoit, which... Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's opened a lot of doors, and it's opened a lot of... There's been a lot of questions... About uh, bullpen management and 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 what you know who who is used when and the, uh, John Gibbons' uh, understanding of of leverage. Uh, to me, a lot of that stuff goes out the window when your starting pitcher, a when your starting pitcher doesn't get out of the third inning, or sorry, out of the fourth inning, and, and b when you have a game that's wild and seesawish like this. Uh, the problem with with trying to hold your best relievers for the highest leverage spots is you don't know when they're going to come. 
you know, Brett Cecil was used so much earlier in the game because the situation demanded it. They demanded an out. And, and Ben Wall's been so good, you don't necessarily want to go to him so early. Um, I think the thing that everyone's going to keep coming back to is the way that Roberto Osuna is used. For me, it's never enough. Again, you, you have your best reliever. You want to see him as often and as in, an, in as important moments as possible. But you don't know, and, and you're not like Cleveland, which uh, we've, we've talked about before, where the Cleveland is able to use um, Andrew Miller so effectively and so freely because they have a guy like Cody Allen uh, that they can rely on, where the Jays don't necessarily have that. You got Grilly, you got Benoit, who are both who have both been so good. But uh, as Andrew Stoughton and I spoke of on our full episode of Birth All Day on Thursday, maybe you want to be a little mindful of where Grilly is used, given the challenges he may face against left-handed batters. But but I don't know. Again, it's just a really tough series um, to to get beat so badly on Friday night, and then and then to lose a wild game like this again to not not to overlook. Jay Happ pitching so well in uh, on Saturday afternoon's game, but I, I think that that everyone really had had high hopes. Uh, obviously, there's so much riding in the series and coming in. Again, the Jays limped into this series, limped in after the uh, sweep at the hand, hands of the Yankees, and just not playing very well right now. And, and that sort of just continued, where the Josh Donaldson's slump looms large, hitting to a double play in the eighth inning. Uh, it's just not who he is, and it's not who he's been for two years in Toronto and two years before that in, in Oakland. He's one of the best players in baseball, and, and everyone has talked about this over and over again, but he, it's, he's just picked a rather inopportune time to uh, not be good. Edwin Encarnacion, Troy Tulowitzki, great uh, in Sunday's game. Uh, Encarnacion, two home runs. Tulo obviously hit... Uh, Hit the Grand Slam, had two other hits as well. But it's just, uh, it's tough. It's tough to complain about the offense on a day when they scored eight runs. Um, and then the day, the day before when they when they picked up that big win. You know, you can only hope for so much against uh, the Red Sox offense. Which, especially again here on Sunday, Jackie Bradley Jr., that home run that he had off Aaron Sanchez was ridiculous. Jackie Bradley Jr. is the number nine hitter on the Red Sox. And he takes, what, 97 on the outside corner to to not even the opposite field, like to left to the opposite gap, uh, which is just a ridiculous piece of hitting. And the Red Sox lineup is very reminiscent of, A, the Blue Jays uh, now, but more maybe more accurately, the Blue Jays last year when they had all guys firing on all cylinders you know, basically for an entire month. And that's kind of where the Red Sox are right now. It's where the Blue Jays wish wish that they could be. It is, uh, I don't know. It, their, their work is now cut out for them. With only three games against the Red Sox head-to-head, they need a little bit of help. Uh, they need to take care of their own business. They can't, they cannot continue to obviously lose two out of three. If they lose two out of three the rest of the way, they're, they're cooked. Uh, we don't even really want to talk about the, the wild card game. Uh, ask a fan of the Pittsburgh Pirates how what they think about the wild card, uh, and and what it means for the season, and and how how having all of all of that all of the entire year uh, come down to one game where you can run into a Madison Bumgarner, and and he runs you over, or uh, 
Jake Arrieta. And and next thing you know, you're you're going home. Uh, given the expectations for this Blue Jays team, and given the way that they were kind of flying high, um, just a few, even just a few weeks ago, um, a single playoff game or playing game is going to have to feel like a disappointment. Uh, it's going to feel like, especially if if the team backs into it, as they have now. I mean, I don't think it. Do are the Yankees going to be there in that wild card race for the rest of the month? I don't know. The Orioles are certainly aren't going anywhere. It's just a bunch of teams that all have very, very apparent flaws. Uh, the Red Sox are not a perfect team. The Red Sox look a lot better than the Jays this weekend. They played better. They didn't give runs. They didn't give runs and 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 bases away on the defensive side of the ball, which is something you don't expect to see from the Jays. But that's kind of what happened. You see, you know, it. it Somebody asked, I put out a call for questions that so we'll, we'll get to in a little bit. But one of the one of the questions was about Kevin Pillar. And, and right now he's not offering anything was sort of the um, the point made by by somebody on, on Twitter. And I, excuse me, I don't have the name in front of me right now. And it's true that, that Pilar's, all of Pilar's value is, is caught up in his defense because he is such a kind of streaky um free swinging hitter who when things are great he's when things are when he's when things are good he's hitting the ball hard and making good things happen but as soon as those balls aren't falling in with his inability to draw a walk uh it makes things tough and he doesn't he's not hitting for power even as much as he did last year so when and when he starts making misplays in the outfield it doesn't take away from everything that he's done because according to all of the kind of advanced metrics he's having an even better season in center field than he did last year but as soon as those misplays start happening, and as soon as uh, the weakest part of his defensive game, his throwing arm, uh, is, is is kind of put to the test, um, it really starts to be diminishing returns on the fact that he was he's able to to catch those fly balls, uh, you know that that maybe other center fielders don't get to it, it. It just makes it tough. It makes it tough on anybody. It's just like you know with Tulowitzki at the beginning of the year when when John Gibbons goes on about how I don't care if he hits a lick, but there's so much more utility. In a strong infielder, than I uh, to me, than there is in a, in a strong outfielder. I mean, the difference between between a, a the best center fielder and and one of the worst is, you know, over the span of the year, it's maybe forty or fifty balls. There was a great story, uh, great so great work by Tom Tango on his site on uh, Tango Tiger or whatever dot net. Uh, check it out about the kind of variance and and really what the difference between a great outfielder and a, and a lousy outfielder or mediocre outfielder and it's really it, it again all outs all outs count defense matters but if you don't have any that much else that you bring to the table it really puts that extra pressure on you and you can say the same thing about jose bautista who's who's not the hitter that we all have come to know and he is not necessarily the uh the you know even an average outfielder anymore and, and i you've all heard me make excuses for him time and time again uh, it, it just gets a little bit tougher when, when he when the mistakes happen, right? And it's not about making excuses, and it's not about pointing fingers, and it's not about saying stuff like unacceptable or embarrassing. Uh, they 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 got beat. They got beat two games out of three by a, by a team that right now it looks better. They got beat because they made mistakes. They got beat because the other team did stuff like the the Jackie Bradley Jr. home run, right? Where what what are you gonna do? You you can only tip your cap when that happens. You want to run around, point your point your finger, and you want to assign blame. 
fine. It's not going to help. It's not going to change anything. You know, it, it's a matter of the players on the field executing in those moments. But that's when, that's that's at the stage of the season where we are. We can talk about true talent. We can talk about clutches and real. We can talk about you know who's performing over their head, who's going to regress. None of it matters. It doesn't matter. I don't care if the Blue Jays are going to regress. I don't care if Jason Grilly. You know, you just need to get those outs. And and when they do, it's great. And when they don't, you can only look back and say, what can we do to be better? It's pretty simple. I'm going to take a break on Birds All Day. Of course, I didn't do the spiel. Uh, we're doing these for the rest of the month, hopefully especially for our Patreon uh, Patreon supporters. You can help us out at patreon.com slash birdsallday. Uh, shoot us a couple mo- bucks a month to keep us going, keep us motivated, keep us uh, living in the style to which we've grown accustomed, as I always say. Uh, so head over to Patreon, or uh, if you want to make sure you get this podcast right away, subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on SoundCloud. Uh, you can There's an RSS feed right there. Get it right in your device as soon as it's live. Do all of that, and uh, you'll, make, you'll make us happy. And again, it's a really exciting time of the year. Again, still only two games out. We take a quick break, come back, We'll do some questions on this mini edition of Birds All Day. This mini episode of Birds All Day is sponsored by Batflip, the greatest Toronto Blue Jays stories ever told. Released this coming Thursday, September 15th, Batflip is a collection of the best writing about the Jays from the past 40 years. From the tragic postscript to Doug Alt's 1977 opening day heroics to John McDonald's emotional Father's Day tribute. And of course, Jose Bautista's home run and bat flip from the 2015 American League Division Series. Bat flip is written by a who's who of the Blue Jays world, with authors including R.A. Dickey, Buck Martinez, Stacey Mayfowles, Stephen Brunt, John Lott, and somehow, I got a word in there as well. Bat flip will be available this Thursday in paperback from Amazon or in ebook from Kindle iBooks, and Kobo. Go to fanreads.com to learn more or to sign up for Fan Reader, a free weekly digest of the best writing about sports, screen, and music. Fan Reads, the greatest stories ever told for fans. Okay, so right back at it. You may have noticed. I want to say thank you to uh, the great band from Toronto Fucked Up. I just used a clip from one of their songs called Turn the Season. Uh, ordinarily we use bands from Optical Sounds, which is a great label that has helped us out and, and let us use their music. I didn't ask if I could use that Fucked Up song, uh, but I was on a panel with Josh, who plays guitar in Fucked Up, and he said he listens to the podcast. So I'm really hoping that uh, he doesn't mind, uh, maybe more so his uh, his label. Uh, I don't want to get sued. and I don't want to steal. I I bought the record to put to put it in, in the show. So... That's that's that basically lawyers. That's all you got to tell a lawyer, is that you you bought the record. Um, so yeah, questions, questions from the people who who have pressing concerns about the Toronto Blue Jays, or uh, people who happen to be on Twitter when I asked. So first question is from uh, Sweeney Toad, who has a, who asks an important question called, uh, and his question is, or his or her question is, uh, why is this happening? Uh, to which I uh, do not have a good answer. Actually, I do have a good answer. It's kind of just all happened at once. And, and it it sucks because this is the worst the Blue Jays have looked uh, in months. They're a better team than this. But for things to have come together or 
more accurately come apart at this least opportune moment uh, is, is, is a struggle. Uh, it's, it's tough. And somebody else, uh, there was another question someone asked about teams that are kind of limping into the playoffs. And I used the example of the 2014 San Francisco Giants. They were, I believe, just a game over 500 uh, in September. And they were actually outscored in September, just as they were in, uh, in July as well. And then they went on to win the World Series. Uh, of course, some might say that the 2014 Giants were among the luckiest teams of all time. And I don't know that the Blue Jays have a Madison Bumgarner waiting in the wings to single-handedly win um, the World Series as well as the play-in game and at least one of the uh, either division series or the champ- league championship series uh, because none of us will ever probably ever appreciate how well Madison Bumgarner pitched in that month. Uh, so you never know. Maybe, maybe the Blue Jays do have a Madison Bumgarner, some guy who can go and be literally unhittable for a month. Uh, in what were several of the uh, well-timed opponents as the Kansas City Royals were not a good matchup for a guy who just was throwing belly-high fastballs right past them um, three days in a row, basically, um, because he's a true a true monster. But, yeah, why is this happening? Because, you know, for a while it was the offense, and then this last couple of weeks, it's been the last week or two, it's been the pitching. The pitching that was so much better than anyone ever expected. The the pitching that was that was the big question mark. The pitching that well, there were so many fa- fans and and pundits uh, worried about the pitching about how they let the Blue Jays let David uh, David Price go for nothing, and what are they going to do? They have a, t- a staff full of number three starters until one of them turned into a number two, and the other ones turned two of them turned into number two starters, three of them turned into number two starters. I think Hap and Estrada and Sanchez all pitched. At near ace levels, uh, you might quibble with your qualification of ace. I'm going to say that at least three of them were ace-like, or were, were just sub-ace, almost number one guys. Uh, where, and then you get a number four performance out of Marcus Stroman, and a number one starter, number five starter performance out of the number five starter. Uh, nobody expected that, and now we're seeing. The opposite of that, we're seeing a team that looked like it had five number four, you know, three or four number five, number four starters, and you don't only know what you're gonna, you never know what you're gonna get out of Stroman and Sanchez, and and, and here we are, uh, not knowing. And Hap is still a beast, and there's just question marks with the starting pitching right now, and then the offense isn't propping up, popping up when it needs to. You know, how many, of the, how many of the games in New York, for example, would you know, five or six, four or five runs sure would have come in handy. Uh, when when the pitching staff and the bullpen in particular was kind of holding it together, so that's kind of why it's happening. It's happening all. It's happening because uh, the universe hates you as well. Don't ever forget that. That all the stars are aligned against us, and soon we'll all be dust, with no recollection of the weird sort of fan anxiety that we assume. Uh, which brings me to the next question. From your friend of mine, Stacy May. And she wants to know, um, when will my heart stop hurting? That's what she asked. And I think that there's no good answer to that. If if the Blue Jays turn it around and, and play well in against Tampa Bay, and then they play well on the West Coast, all of our hearts will be full once again. 
but this is going to hurt if it if it doesn't if the if the team is not able to turn it around and after the just insane run that went on last season and the kind of disappointing end to the league championship series against the Royals there's still a lot of kind of honeymoon phase but i think that's over i think we the, the expectations were high and then there's so many questions about what the, this team is going to look like next year that uh, there's a chance that all of our hearts will hurt for um, quite a while, to be frank. God only knows. Next question comes from Ian Hunter, the Blue Jay Hunter. You know and you love him. He, uh, his, quest, his question is, ideal cleanup hitter on this squad and why is it too low? I don't know that it is too low, frankly. I don't think that it is. I think that the ideal cleanup hitter, I, if I had my way right now, would be Ed Carnacion, because he is the guy who is more consistently turning in good at bats over and over. Um, I definitely ascribe to the hit your best power hitter in the cleanup spot, and I think that's Encarnacion now. He's a uh, you know I like maybe Bautista hitting third uh, because he's well, I guess I guess I like. I, 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 Batista hitting third. Ordinarily, I'd like a guy there who's, you know, a guy who's going to come up with two outs. So, yeah, I think I like that moving Batista back to third. He's still drawing his walks. He's not hitting for any power, right? So that was sort of the, the thing with the number three hitter is, is my view is oftentimes he'll come up with, with nobody on two out. So, and give, it, give him a chance to uh, kind of jolt one and, and get a quick run. Uh, I love the idea of Donaldson hitting second. Uh, lead off, you know, Devin Travis has been hitting lead off, but he's been hitting lead off. Anybody, anybody to get on base in front of those guys, is, I'm all for. Um, I like Tula hitting fifth. I like Tula Whiskey hitting ahead of Russell Martin. Um, the weird thing with Tulo and the left-handers this year, where he's not hitting against lefties for any power, is really strange, and I can't see it being a permanent thing. Uh, Russell Martin is uh, was so good for the month of August. Yeah, but every so often, when you when there's a pitcher on the mound who has a really strong breaking ball, I'm always afraid of, uh, with Ross Martin. And then the rest of the lineup, I don't know. I don't. Know. I mean, it's September. It's the middle of September. They're in a pennant race, and here we are, wondering about who's going to hit where. I think the lineup is kind of what it is. Um, John Gibbons is not afraid to make moves. He's not afraid to take Michael Saunders out for pinch hitters. Saunders, who hit so well against left-handers earlier in the year, and had, had so many uh, home runs. I believe he had four or five left-on-left home runs at least. Uh, this season, just when when he looked impressive, it was really impressive. But he he's not the same guy right now. He's he's he looks more like the same guy. He looks like Michael Saunders, who is a a nice player, but is a, a guy who's who was having a career year and is now having a Michael Saunders year uh, when you take it on balance. I think, uh, and and Melvin Upton is is who he is. I I, I find myself. Uh, rooting for Melvin Upton a lot. I I don't know why. Uh, I just think he's a he's a nice player, and I like the trade that that brought him here, and I want for him to succeed because uh there's a that's there's a bit of spite because the people who the people who don't like Melvin Upton I feel like they're missing his value, and uh, it it aggravates me. So fuck those people, and please Melvin Upton, uh, hit. That's basically it. Uh, next question comes from Matt Sullivan. That's Sporkless. Uh, good dude. I believe he, he's a contributor at, at BP Toronto and has been a day one for everything that we've done here at Birds All Day and before. 
And he asked him, I, I touched on this a little bit in the first section, is it possible uh, Gibby is actually a bad bullpen manager? I mean, most of the 30 managers, uh, Matt says, are probably bad at figuring out leverage, but, uh, you know, you know, we, we kind of went back and forth, Matt and I did afterwards, and he, you know, it's just sort of the first guessing and second guessing some of John Gibbons' moves, and it's easy, I think, uh, you know, to, to wonder. Uh, again, my thing with, with Gibbons right now is, is the way that he's uh, used Osuna. I don't agree with. Um, I think the rest of it, you know, with Cecil. He really doesn't know what he's going to get from Brett Cecil. Uh, I, I think that John Gibbons is struggling to, to decide if he can trust Brett Cecil. Uh, I don't think he has a, a lot of trust in Aaron Loop. So he's just sort of feeling it out right now. Unfortunately, it's not a. The Blue Jays bullpen has never been as bad as we had has been advertised, and then with Grilly and Benoit, Benoit I think had 18 consecutive scoreless outings before giving up that home run to David Ortiz uh, today on Sunday. The bullpen has never been as bad as as it's as it's thought. Uh, it's really easy to poke holes and to 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 point blame when things don't go right. Uh, you could go. I encourage everyone who's a Blue Jays fan. If you are a Twitter user, for example, go on Twitter, find a Red Sox beat writer. Uh, Evan Drellich uh, writes for the Boston uh, Globe, I believe. Um, he's, he's a good example of a guy where go to some of his tweets and look at the replies because they are identical to the kind of stuff that gets said about John Gibbons. They are identical to the kind of stuff Blue Jays fans say about their manager. The Red Sox fans say the exact same stuff about John Farrell. Every fan says that about almost every manager, unless you have drank the Joe Madden Kool-Aid. I don't know how many teams, maybe the Rangers, seem pretty happy with their manager right now. Uh, you know, the, the, move, the move is never the right one unless it works out. And it's a, if you, you know, we we're all ready to first guess, but, but I don't know. It's the, I, I, wish, I wish I had something more definitive to say about John Gibbons' bullpen usage. Uh, it's really a tough thing to pin down unless you see the, the manager doing truly offensive things. Uh, you see them doing Mike Matheny sort of things. Those are the things that I um, think of as, as, being, as being bad. Uh, we'll do one more. This is from James at underscore JM Leary. Uh, he asks, what's your biggest area of concern? On the, on the Jays going into a playoff series, uh, if they get to a playoff series, he adds. Um, I think right now it's got to be the starting pitcher because that was a concern before. And it's so easy to, I, I don't know, I'm just, maybe I'm not, I'm not swayed by what I've seen so far this year, which is stupid. That's just stupid and, and bigoted of me. To not want to believe Marco, Marco Estrada or, or not want to believe in, I don't know, Aaron Sanchez. I, those, the, the starting rotation, it's, they've done everything that they, that they ever could be asked and if, uh, could be asked of them. So to not believe that they are uh, who they've shown us to be is uh, foolish. But I don't know. It, it's just, I think the biggest concern, maybe if I can change my answer, is just that they're not playing well. I mean, I, I'm not going to go on about timely hits. Those help. Those sure go a long way. Um, but we often forget the, the timely hits. You know, 
for example, Troy Tulowitzki today, timely hit, grand slam. We don't remember the timely hits that we don't remember the timely hits in games that they end up losing, because there's only so much so much timely hitting you can ask for, where sometimes it's the timely pitching that you need. So, is the bullpen a concern? Sure, maybe. They have decent pitchers back there. They've got guys who know what they're doing. They've got a very, very, very good reliever. Uh, you just want to see that they uh, get a chance to use them. But I just my my biggest concern, I guess, is the answer is baseball. Is that the the fact that you just can't you can't predict when a guy like Josh Donaldson is going to go into a slump. You can't predict when a pitcher's back is going to act up or a blister is going to flare up or they're going to run into a great offense that has number nine hitters that can ride a 96 mile an hour sinker away out over the opposite field fence. They're getting baseballed in that they aren't playing well. Uh, or you never know when the inopportune moment when your gold glove caliber center fielder makes a series of misplays when he comes in on a ball that is then hit over his head. Or when your right fielder who has defied the aging process uh, suddenly ages all at once in front of your eyes. Playing injured, presumably. Limping around. Looking every bit the every bit of DH, but without much of the power. Uh, sucks. But there's still so much season to play. So, I, so there's always going to be a lot of gloom and doom. But there's still so much in front of them. Two games back. Your Toronto Blue Jays are two games behind the Boston Red Sox for first place in the American League East. And they have three games head-to-head against that same team. They have games against the teams that are behind them in the wild card. They have games against teams that are awful. Teams that are playing for nothing, playing for pride. This is far from over. Today is September 11th. Tomorrow is September 12th. Season is not over until October the 2nd. Second. <laughs> That's a long time. There's a ton of baseball to play. There's no off days this week. They got a full bullpen. If, if you believe, this is my final thought, if you believe that Josh Donaldson is never going to get hit again, if you believe that Jose Bautista is done, if you believe that Marco Estrada was never the pitcher that he's shown himself to be, if you believe that Aaron Sanchez uh, will never has forgotten how to throw strikes after remembering for whatever 22 or 25 starts, uh, then you then you believe the team is, is is cooked. If you don't believe any of those things to be true, if you believe the Blue Jays do have the one of the two or three best offenses in the American League, if you do believe that they're starting pitching um, th- that has performed so well so for for so long will come around, then just keep watching. Then then embrace that heartburn embrace that terror and look forward to the next series against the Red Sox when it will all be on the line once again I know I'm looking forward to that series and I'm looking forward to all the series between then and now this has been what was supposed to be a short edition of Birds All Day but it's not really a mini episode Uh, it's more of just the rambling episode of Birds All Day Uh, my name is Drew Fairservice we'll talk to you on Thursday have a good one